0: New for 96, with your
1: hosts, Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen.
0: <laughs> that should be your intro. That is our signature cue. That is. You can't do that with a LaCoy as successfully, unfortunately, but we'll just, <laughs> in place, dub that in for you. Perfect. We wow. should be, we should seek out Levitt for a sponsorship. Yeah, we should. We've consumed gallons. <laughs> like Since Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Podcast per gallon. Um, yeah, that was a, it's a three quarter liter. I think that I always get. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking for a barrel size at Costco <laughs> and have been su- unsuccessful thus far, but um, they do sell a, a full liter, but I feel yeah. like that's... It won't fit I, in my cabinet. Oh, really? It makes it bow. Oh. <laughs> so you've tried? Yeah, I've tried. Sometimes we get the full liter. Yeah. But yeah. Here's a, a little like trivia piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. The cabinets where my where the bottles sit, uh, I designed that to fit like my tallest bottle, which would be a three quarter liter Glenlivet bottle. Wow. So that's why the height is the way it is there. <laughs> fascinating indeed (laughs) and back to you kevin oh yes anyways um welcome to another episode of new for 96 96. we're usually a little too happy yeah usually go down tempo usually it gets more depressed each time yeah but we have a guest on our show yes
2: um dave russell yes welcome dave yeah i'll give you a bit of an intro uh dave and i uh, used to do track days together and he advanced well beyond my skill level. And then he did what he normally does, which is he mastered something and then immediately quit it cold Turkey with no regrets. <laughs> and, uh, and then now you build dotsons and exercise yeah. and
1: CrossFit. Yep. I, I, try to master one thing and then move on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you never, go never way, back. way overboard. Yes. <laughs> Insanely invested
2: in it. Um, yeah, so you, were, you had the 350Z when I had one. And that's how we met. Because we're like, oh, we have the same car. We should yeah. be friends. Yes. And, uh, Pre or post-facelift? Uh, well, yeah. that's a deep question because there was two minor oh. facelifts. I okay. mean, if you count the
1: so right. 06.
2: 06 was its own year because it had a different hood. And it had the facelift, but okay. it had the old hood. Okay. And then 07 had different engine. Yeah. And a new
0: domed hood. And it still had the facelift. Rhino hood. The rhino hood. I only know it by way of the headlamps. The projectors are different. Oh, yeah. The tiny versus the dilated. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the dilated were the later ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had the last year, so. Okay. Okay. Um, Which would be... What was the last year? 08. 08? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because, yeah, the three... The 370Z was 09 because I had a coworker who bought one, and then uh, when he sold it last year, they're still selling it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same car, so he could have for yeah. the same price, if not Dave, more. Actually, Dave's
2: dad had one, so when we were doing track days in our 350s, his dad got a 370, right?
1: Yeah, he did. So he actually started off in a WRX. Okay. Well, I had a 350Z. Yeah. And then I was doing better than him on track. So we just continuously modded it and had yeah. more and more power until it blew. <laughs> ah. And then he was like, okay, well then if Dave's got a 350, then I'll get a 370, which has a little more power. Yeah. And then maybe I'll get him then. Yeah. And I always love to bring up
2: that the 350 is better than the 370. I know we're getting really nitty degree, but I really, I, like the 350 a lot more and i think it's superior in every way and i spent some time in a 370 in the nismo yeah uh and it is it has no it has less cargo yeah it feels more numb how does it have less cargo room because they shortened the i don't think they shortened the wheelbase they shortened the length of the car so they basically chopped off like where the trunk was oh interesting. Um, and so you were on the 350 you had you know you've still got that big strut bar in the trunk yeah. and everything. But there's actually a part of the trunk that's under the, the metal lid. So you've got the glass part and then mm-hmm. you've got you can actually like put stuff back there and it's not visible. Oh, but the 370, all your stuff is just right on display under the glass. Yeah. There's no Tono? non there is no non glass space. I don't think there's a tonneau. I think the strut bar prohibits such a oh. such a thing. Yeah. But um, the 370 looks worse. I mean they they made uh admirable efforts to reduce the weight and yeah. they ended up like shortening the car and doing a bunch of stuff to make it like exactly the same weight i think did they reduce weight yeah they reduced it a little bit um okay but well was, i guess they reduced it from like the 08 but i mean the yeah. 350 gained some weight throughout yeah. its life and yeah, yeah the 378
0: was shorter but um I it, yeah i drove thomas's once I didn't enjoy it. I mean it was just a little short stint, I suppose. And but it was completely stock. The clutch yeah. was extremely weird. The clutch but, is yeah, extremely weird like on the all weird of
1: them. Yeah. The middle of it. it was the just,
2: clutch on on all of them never felt right. Like I always felt like I was burning
1: up clutch or something. Yeah. It just never felt It wasn't natural or linear. Yeah. It was yeah, just so weird. The, the the clutches are different between the 350 and the 370 definitely. Yeah.
2: But uh, I never really liked either.
1: <laughs> I didn't have the problem with the 350. I, I, the 370 I would have issues with, especially like, okay. I, my dad had the Rev Match thing turned on. So oh, yeah, would yeah. It just drive me bonkers. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It, I've driven that, you know, you've probably driven it in newer cars that have that. And it newer can ones be cool. New ones are better, cool. It, can be, are better, it can be pretty cool.
0: Cause I remember, because that was the first car that came out that with was. Rev Match. And yeah. I remember using, I tried that out, and it was just unnatural. It was. Uh, but I uh, in the 718, um That we toured in L.A. Mm -hmm. That that was really good. Like it, it really truly predicted, and it was just such a smooth transition. It didn't feel intrusive or awkward. Or getting in front of or getting yeah. in your way but when
2: I drove the speedster it had it and I was like why would I want the computer to blip the throttle of like the nicest yeah. engine to rev right. possible yeah. but uh, it actually is nice to, like not it just worry feels, about that it like, fills it, in the gaps
0: basically it, yeah. like, where you just slightly miss it so. makes the
2: whole experience like very smooth yeah. and fluid yep. in a way that it's a different experience but it's it's cool it's not so, it doesn't feel like it's taking away from you so if you turned it off would it be harder to rev match Um, it would be it would be harder just because you're doing the rev matching. Yeah. So it would be it would be harder because you've got to think about, like, okay, how hard do I hit Probably it just to, not as to get smooth. to the right? Yeah, you yeah, the wouldn't be just as smooth. Where human know.
0: error comes in.
2: Especially when you're driving a car. I mean, I think all these technologies, it's like, oh, does it feel good on a test drive? Yes. You know what I mean? Once you're familiar with a car, like, yeah, it's a little easier. Mm. Uh, or it's a lot easier. But when you're unfamiliar with the car right. relatively, you know, the rev match is, you know, handy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think the learning process is part of the fun it is fun it is. but but i mean you only can get so accustomed to it in just a couple days sure. or whatever yeah. so um yeah i don't know it's different We're, ways I, I tried it on and off and it's it's all good
0: yeah i mean it, it's just one of those things where like i think we can appreciate uh just completely manual everything type of driving experiences but then i've I like i've eased up on the like tech is bad uh and i'm kind of in Like, I'm open to the idea now of many things that I wasn't in the past, like double clutch transmissions. We just had uh, on our last episode, uh, we were discussing the merits of and whether it was a good or bad thing, um, that basically every Uh, car is moving that way. Well, and actually, I was researching, and the Supra
2: is not even a DCT. Really? It's an automatic. Okay. So there's really no reason for them to not offer a
0: manual. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Mm Hmm all right um what is it what's in there it's eight a speed seven something? it's a, yeah it's an eight speed automatic
2: i don't know who makes it or okay. what it is
1: or if it was it's found eight, in something else in the new super it's got to be bmw
2: they make it oh yeah, yeah. yeah but, right. but yeah. i mean it's probably
0: like zf makes it
2: yeah it's um well
0: it's yeah you're right okay yeah i guess that would make sense actually yeah i'd be curious if it was something different from the z4 um but i don't think it is We'll get our fat checkers on that, and yeah, I'm
1: I'm pretty sure
2: it's the same one in the Z4. Like they
0: yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if you buy a super, do you take it to a BMW dealership to get it serviced? I uh,
2: wonder. If if the, yeah, Richard, right. That'd be interesting. We'll ask Richard. <laughs> yeah, your friend. So you have a friend. Uh, we're not going to go too much into this, but you so mentioned you mentioned casually something to me today about the Lexus LFA that I did not know.
1: Yeah, so I have a friend uh, who is who works for Toyota at some level. I don't know anymore where he's at. Um, but there's a guy that manages, I believe, all the, the LFAs in the U.S. And wow. he's like the one touch point for anybody that has an LFA. Oh, wow. And the, the Lexus will um, service them. To pretty much suit anything that you want, so yeah. like they have, uh there's one of them that's been five different colors. Oh wow! So when they change hands, it's like, oh, I don't want a silver one; I want it red. And so Lexus will go get it, and paint it red for them. And I, I believe that's... it's like free of charge; it's just like part of the service. Oh really? Yeah,
2: you because know, I, I was talking about the McLaren F1. I was and say how, this is very McLaren. Yeah, it's very McLaren. And how McLaren, you know, you send your, of course, that is the opposite of free; it's yeah. millions of dollars. <laughs> but you send your car to McLaren, and they like will retrim it. And you pick it like from new, and you're yep. like, oh yeah, like just like the LFA, and then you free i was like what that's crazy i could be wrong but
0: uh, that's that's how i remembered it that would be crazy that would uh, be really cool yeah. i mean it's but, not like it's,
2: it's not like there's, it's a
1: completely different tier i mean it's a different it's, tier and there's yeah. only so many and and
0: 95 yeah.
2: of them are not going to want to change it from the original yeah, spec so true. it's not like you're getting like a carmax warranty scam here
0: yeah yeah <laughs> 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 uh do this one trick to get a free red lfa yeah job. <laughs> that's very cool so Does he, I guess he flies out to wherever the car is. Yes, he does. Basically. Okay. And he keeps track of where they're all at. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot better than McLaren because I think basically you have to ship your car, say for instance, to a racetrack to uh, get the tires balanced. Um, Included with that would be like an entire like team uh, related to a track uh, environment. Um, Well, that's very cool. Have you ever driven in LFA?
1: No, I would love to. Yeah. So I work... um, Right across the street from the Frito, or from the uh, at Frito Lay, uh, from the Toyota headquarters. And okay. So I've always just wanted to go over there and say, "Hey, let me drive to LFA."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they have a like secret
2: racetrack in no. the North Dallas area. It's not there. Yes. It's not there. It's it's north. It's like yeah. Near it's in
1: the Denton area.
2: Denton area. Yeah, I've looked. At, I found it on the map, and it's like in the middle of a neighborhood. It's, so it's. Hmm.
1: I think it's technically a house. Oh. and
2: They have a racetrack on it. Oh, okay. Isn't MSR Crescent, uh, that's a racetrack, isn't that a, like a uh, country club or something? It has some weird tax exemption.
1: So, I know that, um, what is it, driveway Austin is technically a driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I it, didn't know that.
0: That's, didn't... Uh, they were telling that story, uh, or maybe that was on um, the DWA podcast, but they'd interviewed the owner. Uh, oh. who was talking about, yeah, it's, it's a driveway because they technically couldn't open a track. So it's just a very interestingly shaped <laughs> driveway. Yeah, um, just like Goodwood. Yeah. Lord yeah. March. Yep, yep. Uh,
1: and you did you happen to make it down to Radwood Austin? I didn't, know. I was planning on doing it, and then we saw the weather might be bad, so I, I uh, decided not to do it. Richard go. should have brought the MR2. But it was just going to be me going. But yeah, that would have been awesome. If yeah. You the
2: so his his friend also has. They used to. You you drove the MR2 on the track a bunch, right? Yeah. So I helped build. You that helped car. develop it. So it's like a an MR2 with basically like a
1: modern Camry engine. Yeah. So oh, interesting. It, we dropped the 3.5 in it originally, mm-hmm. and then um he did a lot of sus- suspension work on it also. But uh, the modern iteration. Um, he's, it's a completely different car now. So he's taking that 3.5 and then I think, I think he stroked it. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Put cams on it. And so it, and then, uh, increased the rev to like 7,200 or 7,300. That's crazy. And it's stock at 300 or... Uh, yeah that yes. engine's like around like 310 or 12 okay. or something we're estimating about 400 now wow wow, wow. it is an amazing vehicle and it, and you sorted Definitely out the aspirated. handling because you crazy. said
2: out of the box it was pretty messy and it was so this car was like taken down and rebuilt like he took it, you guys took it down and rebuilt the whole yeah. thing with so, like
1: new old stock yeah when, when i was there when he picked it up from the guy so we went over to this guy's house with the trailer it was it was a rolling chassis. There was yeah. nothing in it. There was no engine or and, anything. And all the body parts were off the car. I mean, which gen is this? It's the second gen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, a, like a ninety. Yeah. 91, 92 something yeah. like that. And so it had this uh, interesting collection of Japanese parts and American parts. Mm. So that he he had it, like the taillights were Japanese spec and some of the side moldings were Japanese spec. So it was like this cool combination of all the different parts of the, the MR2 that That's he liked, cool. mm-hmm.
2: and the in- the interior. Because I've seen the car, and the interior is it's immaculate, new old stock stuff. Ooh. Like all these parts
1: came out of a box, That's so it cool. looks
2: like your it's like your Celsius, where the yeah. inside is just brand new. So yeah.
1: Since he works for Toyota, he has the catalog of all the parts and then the inventory, so he can yeah. go and get. All the parts that he wanted, brand new. That's from, from Toyota.
0: Very cool, uh, and I, I appreciate the um, the brand linearity by putting a Camry, a modern Camry engine, instead of like putting an LS or something in there. So
1: the funny thing was, is like when we dropped it in, it fit perfectly. Yeah. And then when we started routing the hoses, like from the coolant, uh, like the hose fit perfectly from yeah. the, the stock MR2. Like everything. It was amazing how modular the stuff was that just automatically plugged in. Yeah. That's how Toyota works.
0: Yeah. They find like, they find perfection and they just kind of stick with it.
1: Uh, I I have a friend from high school
2: or like an acquaintance and he had a, he had that generation MR2 and it was a turbo. I drove it as a turbo briefly a long time ago and then he took the engine out and he was going to put in, he was, he put in, it was the, it's called the beams engine and it's like a high revving two liter four and so it it's it makes about the same horsepower yeah. but without all the complexity and weight and everything of the turbo anyway the car where
0: is it uh, what's the beam's engine from um i think
2: it was from like high i don't remember exactly there was like it was like weird like things that we didn't get like a yeah. 98 levin or something okay us. like yeah. it was it was uh It was in things. I don't think we got any form of the cars that it came into, but it was Hmm. it was interesting. And I think the car was lost in Harvey, though.
0: Oh well, then.
2: So it never got finished.
0: Like it was like it was like a
2: perennial project. And then like oh, there it goes. Yeah.
0: Well, that's (laughs) a shame. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so.
1: So is that? So this is the car still around? It's. It's still there. Yeah. Uh, He tracked it up until he quit about the same time I quit tracking. Okay. And he uh, he doesn't know what to do with the car because. Is it money useless he has, as a road car. Yeah, it, well, actually, it's a great road car. He just needs to put AC back in, and it'll be perfect. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he's got a lot of money invested into it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And so the audience that wants to buy something like that is so small. And if you think of using a MR2 as a track car, I mean, it's just tiny audience that would want something like that and yeah. actually think it would be good at the track. Right. They have no idea how many hours of development he has in the suspension to make it even better on track yeah and then you know, like the time and the engine and everything i mean it, it is if i was in the need for another track car i would buy it to, yeah to replace my you know the 350z that i
2: had yeah and you had a lot of trouble selling your z oh, because man, no one wants this like a track everyone, everyone everyone yeah everyone wants yeah. to build their own track car right. and they don't know that it's going to cost you so much and obviously when you tune a car you're not going to get the money back yeah but i mean it was like this car, like no one wanted it. And I think bring a trailer was like, uh, maybe if you did no reserve and you're like, nah, no, no yeah. thanks.
1: So yeah. The, the hangup that I heard the most, I, I asked the local forum, you know, why isn't it selling? Mm. And they said, it's because you have a half cage. So it's half race car. Cause I don't have the front bit. Mm. It's not a full roll cage. Yeah. And then it doesn't have a C. So you're you're in this weird half <laughs> yeah. world where you we can't drive it to the track because it doesn't have AC, yeah. but it's not a full race car, so we can't take it to go race wheel yeah. to wheel. So you're in this weird half world, and I was like, well, it was perfect for HPDE, you yeah, know, the yeah. stuff I was for
2: doing.
0: exactly what you were doing, and you're and
2: yeah. you were done. You're like, I am not
1: putting another ounce of oh, energy
2: no. or money or effort into yeah. it. Like I'm not putting AC, and I'm not like you were just like no.
1: So the the funny story about the car is that the guy and eventually bought it, um, uh, who lives in Atlanta. Still tracks it. And then he sends me pictures from the track every once in a while through Instagram. Oh, that's cool. We keep up. And he's uh, sent me messages through Instagram like, uh, did you have this problem where you're driving it? Like he he experienced ice mode, you know, like when you hit the brakes and the brakes don't do anything, they just get rock hard. Mm -hmm. So the brake pedal gets rock hard, Mm -hmm. but you get no braking actuation from the, the brake pad. And so you just, you have to let go of the brake and then it reapply it and it, it works. But he was like, have you experienced that? I was like, yeah, I had it once or twice and we talked about it. So he knows what to do now. But wow. Yeah. He yeah. keeps asking me questions. It, it's awesome. That's, That's cool. cool. Well, yeah.
2: You initially had
1: a big brake kit at one point and you would have to, you
2: were like, you just describe it like very nonchalantly. You're like, yeah, I have to. On the straightaway I have to tap the brake while like with your left foot to to seat the caliper pistons
1: because they would be like so far recessed. So you would right. Oh, is that, yeah. is so what happens is the rotor uh, is has more play than the caliper does. Mm-hmm. So the rotor knocks the pads back. Oh, interesting. Uh, p- away from the rotor. So when you hit apply the brake, you're just closing the gap between yeah. the, the pads and the rotor. Yeah. And you have to hit it again for it to actually do anything. Oh wow. So, so it's like a lot of work. And yeah. when you're thinking about other things,
2: like that seems stressful. But then you switch to the Brembo setup, which is what I had. It worked better. It did.
1: And then what actually helped the most was replacing the uh, the wheel bearings and the front wheels.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: That, that was adding a lot of play. That it yeah.
2: Need. Yeah. Oh, I had to do that too yeah. at one point. That's, yeah, that's crazy. It's, I had so many heat. I, I had a lot of heat brake issues um, with the car with just getting heat and i had like titanium shims and steel lines and all that all the stuff you could everything i could do but um
1: but it was fun it was fun we
2: we had a good time
1: yeah what fixed that actually was the brake ducting really Yep.
2: there's nowhere to duct on the car like there's not like i mean i guess you put it in the front but there's not like a a lot of like inlets like most Mm. cars have a lot of intakes and scoops and grills and the z has just one rectangular opening yeah so if you want to don't want to be like Dave and cut holes in your bumper,
1: which that came out really good. <laughs> Did you, so the, he, that the guy that bought my car, let somebody drive it at road America. And the guy put it into a barrier. What? Ah, no, and, uh, he had to get the, the front bumper replaced. So it's got a new front bumper on it. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. no more holes, no more holes. So it looks, <laughs> oh, okay. looks normal now. Well, there you my, go.
2: Mine had, when I met you, I think I had the, um, that like intake scoop. I had like that carbon fiber scoop on oh, one yeah, side of the front because my Those bumper cool. was already messed up. And so yeah. I was like, so I did cut a hole to put that in and then like you riveted it in. And then, uh, I had to get a new bumper because of a I-45 tire flying incident. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they're like, do you want us to like put this back in? I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. That's okay. Uh, it was nice having a car with a brand new front bumper. Yeah. It's, it's such a rare. Thing that
0: is nice that happened on the Cayman. Well, it wasn't brand new from front, front, front bunker, The new paint, new spray, new spray. And I get it got to remove the plate holes, which is nice. Oh, yeah, yes. nice. yeah, that because uh, for some reason, the Porsche uh, bracket requires four screws, and so you have four holes, and it's just terrible. I just kept the when I before I did that, uh, I just kept the the bracket on because it just looked horrible with four holes in it,
1: yeah. But there you go. When I went to go pick up the plates for the 350z, they were like, oh yeah, we'll put that on for you. I was like, no, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> Give me the plates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess you do have to stop the deal because maybe they're required to put uh, the bracket on. Otherwise... Or I think for most people, they get there and they're like, "Well, how am I supposed to put my plate on now?" You know, like I think for
2: most normies, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to comply with the law."
0: Yeah. Somehow my wagon did not. It was uh, purchased here or in the woodlands, and the guy must have the original owner. It was one owner. He must he uh, must have told them not to because it is a fresh bumper, no paintwork. So I that actually sold it for me. (laughs) That's that's a little bit, Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Very good. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about your track
2: experience, but you, you drove, we, we drove with our Zs. We were at one time competitive with one another. Correct. Yes. We, were, we were, and then you. Uh, uh, I kept going and you stopped. You, you kept going and I stopped. And uh, But yeah, you you were very good. And then you became an instructor. Uh, with drivers, various schools, mostly Driver's Edge, right? Yeah,
1: Driver's Edge, 90% of the time. Yeah,
2: so you drove around all the tracks in Texas instructing people, and uh, do you have any horror stories from students, uh, bad yes. experiences?
1: So plenty of those. <laughs> um, and there's like different buckets for bad students. Like you have the ones that don't listen, and you have the ones that are just terrible drivers and they can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, I remember I had the... Um, it was a dean for one of the schools, uh, so he was high up. He had a lot of uh, ego, hopped in the car. It was a wet day at uh, Texas World Speedway. And the, as we're doing our instructor meeting at the very beginning, it was like, nobody's been on the outlap. You just have them drive really slow. You know, it's going to be wet. Have them feel it out. We're like, okay, yeah, no problem. And so we get through. Um, we're driving clockwise, so it's backwards, TWS, right? Yeah. We go through turn, turn seven, which is like, the fastest turn there, other than turn one, it's just it's a crazy, it's pretty blind too, it, right? It, it, there's a lot of camber, so you can really go fast through it, mm. and uh, it's it's just a cool turn. Anyways, we're going through it, and he gets a wild hair up his butt. He just mashes the throttle without anybody knowing. It. It's on the the warm up lap. You're not even yeah. supposed to be going fast. It's yellow flags and everything. We loop it spin it right into the, the mud uh. and get stuck and we have to get towed out oh, and man. so uh we immediately this is the first session the first day of first everything <laughs> oh my god so we have to stop the session go get the tow truck and uh to pull it out and the guy's like Where, where's your tow hook and the guy's like what's a tow hook oh, oh no. no what group was this in this was uh it, it was blue oh okay yeah because if he was green you I, I would have been driving i would have been driving okay yeah. okay and so uh it was it, was like, it, it the next day when we went back to the drivers meeting or the instructor's meeting I got yelled at you know like by everybody there you screwed up our session <laughs> Oh man <laughs> they all wow. know it was me <laughs> but I had no control that's he just sc- That's a scary
2: track I, the just, first time I drove at TWS my instructor was like can you like we he was on the we're on the pit lane he's like could you pull over and he threw up out of the side of my car Did you? So, really? I didn't yeah. know that Yeah I I'm not that proud cuz I imagine it, my driving was not smooth at all <laughs> He was like, "He was like, why don't you try not shifting at all? Yeah, uh, do a lap just in third. I was like, "Okay." The
1: the funnest thing to do though is give rides. I think, um, even as an instructor, or, you know, as an advanced student.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, when you were doing this, like when I quit, I would come and visit you and, and get a ride. And yeah, uh, I mean, once you had the cage, I felt a lot better because when you <laughs> had no cage and you were that fast on slicks, because you were on like. Slick tires, sticky tires, sticky tires. We'll say, I was like, I was like, this is happening too fast for my brain to process. You know, I was like, I know what a car should do through this corner, and we're going uh, forty percent more than that. And I was like, and also, you you would come out of the pits because, like, I'm thinking specifically like one time like Harris Hill, and you're like, yeah, these tires heat up pretty instantly, so there's no sense like (laughs) pussyfooting around. So like, turn two, you're just on it, and it's like sticking, and I'm like, like just the the visual sensation of how fast the corners are coming and how fast we're moving through them. Well, yeah. it, it, for me, it's like, it's like, we're going too fast. We're on the edge of control. And if something were to happen, like, you don't have, like, I don't have the reaction time to save it, therefore you don't, which is not right. true. You Your brain is used to this. You're accustomed to it and you're able to process this and react in a way that I, is not perceptible to me. Correct. And so I was freaking out, like, like we're going to roll, and then we're going to be, I'm going to be, like, crushed in this. Seat.
1: <laughs> and, and to your defense, I think at that point you'd already stopped and already continued on for another couple of years, so uh yeah well what, by the time you had continued and you had the cage that was that was after i'd
2: stopped but this was a time when we were at harris hill and we had our cars and you had brought your tires and i had my like stock. Oh, I had a little tire trailer you had your tire trailer and i had That's my right. stock z yeah you went from driving to racetracks across texas to bringing a trailer on the back of your z on a trailer hitch with tires to having a full-blown rib. pickup truck with a
1: trailer <laughs> wow. with a car on a you trailer were set up. ready to go yeah um, my favorite part was actually at the end. There was towing the car, not actually driving it. Ha, wow. I just felt cool in my pickup truck with the the yeah. car behind me. Yeah, yeah, I liked that part.
0: <clears throat> was
2: uh, we we were both like at opposite ends of a snowstorm. You had the tire trailer driving through that ice storm, right? Were you at that event? No, I was driving from Denton. Oh, the, yeah, I was you, going you the other going, way. Yes. I was in the 370s I got
1: stuck at Corsicana. Yeah, wow.
2: I stopped in Corsicana. I didn't know that. Okay, I stopped right around there or something, and I almost got stuck in a parking space because of
1: ice. Anyway, uh, my my car and trailer literally froze to the road because the ice had gone over wow. the tire and then it froze everything and it was Jesus. solid. Yeah, North Texas bad. has some weird weather, man. Yeah. I mean, we have
2: it has persistent humidity and heat yeah. for eleven months out of the year. Yeah, but, you know, we don't get snow. We
0: do not get Half snow. It. it was yeah. more ice than snow, though. It was the it was the ice. It was bad. You, yeah. I became very and aware of Texas. Just comes to a, a halt if yes. there is ice of any kind. Well, you think I-45. You think
2: like how many bridges do you really cross on 45 in that stretch between Dallas and Houston? It turns yeah. out a lot because yeah. you have you have like they fro they freeze over. Yeah, and you're like oh the no, signs. They're
0: real. Go. Yeah, like
1: they're telling the truth. <laughs> it is true. It's true. You have any more bad students? Yeah, so uh, I remember there was um, a chin event, I think it was. And I had a student where it, we went out just the same thing. Like, you go out immediately on track and he's gunning it, and then he throws it in neutral as he's going to a turn. And I was like, uh, no, no, no. You need to be in a gear. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to be in a gear. And then so he goes in the did next he, straight. Did he use my trick? Did he use the handbrake to stop faster? <laughs> <laughs> he should have. <laughs> you no. Know? Uh, and then um, the next turn. He throws in a neutral. I'm like, dude, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. You're going to kill us. And I try to explain, you know, like you, sh- you should always be in a gear. You should have, that's how you keep Momentum. control of the car. Yeah. What were you with in? The power what was
2: his car? It was an FRS. Okay. Yeah. So Dave, when you're instructing people, they kind of match you with someone who has a similar car. And yeah. People just stopped tracking Zs. After a couple of years, yes. and then everyone had FRSs, and so it's like, well, Dave, you get the FRS. I it's like, so yeah. Many FRSs. So, so it's like, oh, like, you want me to instruct the guy with the 911 Turbo? No, you, this guy with the FRS, <laughs> he needs your help. It'll be more on your level. Yeah. It's
1: similar. It's Japanese. Yeah. Um, so luckily, at the end of that uh, that session, um, I went and talked to another instructor. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, can we switch? Yeah. And I was like, yeah and uh, luckily it all worked out and they they had they worked as a, better as a team. Yeah. And I had a really fun guy so Oh, there you yeah. go. It worked out. But yes. And then I remember there was a time where um, I went with a kid with a 350Z, it was green, and then um, he was actually pretty fast and it was we were doing pretty good, but he had these like Fisher Price 4-point harness, so it yeah. was like the cheesiest 4-point harness. And yeah. We, it was rising up as we go through the turn and it was like a bra at one point. <laughs> it would just cover my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh so we pull into the pits and I grab the the guy that runs the the grid area. okay yeah. like, hey, Okay, uh, Dean, this is a problem. And he was like, "What?" And he comes over and he looks at the car and he sees the Fisher Price. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, there's a three point right, harness right there." He pulls out his it knife. Was,
2: you said zip tie. Yeah.
1: He pulls out his knife and cuts the zip tie on the three point harness. And he was like, "There you go, Dave." He <laughs> didn't even ask the student. He <laughs> just did it. That's funny. We kept going. Yeah, I mean it was probably best that he changed that anyway. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The three point was so much safer than that. Weird janky four yeah. point on your head. Well, the well
0: whole four, is four is more than three, so that's probably what sold
1: out. Four
2: points is that, like, because you, the appeal of a harness, which I learned from Dave, is that it pins you in the seat mm. and you can drive much faster if you're not using your muscles mm-hmm. to hold, hold yourself, yourself up, in the car. yeah car. And conversely, if you don't have a roll bar, and you were to flip a car, and you're in a far, four point, you might snap your neck at the roof roof caves in, yeah. which it will. Yeah. So it's like a it's a safety thing. I mean, and you eventually had a roll bar, and we also we had we had the Shroth like a anti submarine belt yes. that's supposed to snap. It's supposed to, in a hard impact, like break away and basically serve as like a three point. Yeah.
1: Um, but in
2: s- essence, yeah. yeah.
1: But you still have to get the harness right around your waist. Yeah, it? that's the most important part. Yeah, so if it rides up at all, then mm-hmm. you're, you're still you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most important part. Yeah. So and then I ended up getting the six point at some point, and that was that was like a game changer. Really? Yeah. It's it's like being on a a uh, what are those um, roller coaster ride where your feet are hanging off the edge, you know, type thing. Because mm-hmm. you could do that. You could literally be in a braking zone. You feel like you're just free floating and you <laughs> the harness it's like is zero you. g. Yeah. Oh wow. And you could feel the harness just holding you in. That that's all that's holding you in. Yeah. And you're just kind of just lightly gripping the steering wheel and kind of touching the pedals, but you're yeah. just hanging from the seat. Yeah. It's amazing. It's pretty neat. Very cool.
2: Um, so you you were telling me you went to Spartanburg for
1: a BMW delivery yeah, for pickup a, for a friend's car. Yeah. We we went and picked up his M235i that he had specced, and he had a, we he Your... had an extra ticket. So they give him two tickets to do this. Yeah. This thing was like, hey, my, my wife doesn't want to go. Do you want to go? And I was like, heck, yeah. Let's go check that out. Yeah. And it was a free flight, too. Yeah. so That's they, they pay cool. yeah, for yeah, the your flight, They pay for your food, everything. And uh, hotel room. Oh, I didn't room, know I that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was all, just tickets. It's all free. And so uh, we showed up, and uh, they brought up the red carpet. And it was it was a lot of fun. That's um, very cool. They, they take you to the uh, performance driving center that they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And so they have... Um, an instructor drive you around on an M3 and do crazy stunts and all yeah. sorts of stuff. And then at some point you switch over and they give you a car that's similar to the one that you're going to be driving mm. that you own. Yeah. And then you can um you can do uh, some of their little tracks that they have. Yeah. That, and they teach you how to drive your car. It's actually really. That is very idea. cool. Yeah. So there were a lot of older people that had no idea how to drive performance cars. And yeah. And so they got an opportunity to learn how to drive, not at the edge, but yeah. more than they would on the street. Sure. Yeah. You said you had this like instructor who was. Yeah. I had this he instructor. was like this unassuming, like heavyset seven-year-old heavy-set guy, old guy who, who just looked like he didn't give a crap about anything in the world. Yeah. And so we were asking him, so what did you do? How did you get this job? He was like, oh, I used to race a lot. And so they just asked me to, you know, come instruct for him. I was yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Sounds like a good retirement job. And so he, he we get in the M3, this, uh, four-door. And so immediately he just smokes the tires right off the bat. And then yeah. we go into a uh, like a full four sideways, sideways drift. Yeah. And he's just got two fingers on the wheel, and he's talking to us, <laughs> you know, in the sideways drift. And he's just like, whatever. And then he he uh, goes straight, and he just continues to smoke the tires going That's straight. I was like, it was just an amazing crazy. Experience. And you don't yeah. remember
2: if it was an M3 or an M4,
1: or I actually it, don't. It was no. the new gen. It was the current. Yeah, that was. Uh, it was like a couple of years. I don't know okay. it was More than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, man, I can't remember when it was. But if it was an E90, you would remember. It was not an E90. Okay, well, then it was the new one. It was an F something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's very cool. Very cool. I th- there's one shared experience. I have a note about GT3, but the, G- the shared experience we have oh, yeah. is uh, a friend at the track had a yellow 996 GT3, and he let each of us drive it. And
1: like, he just gave us the keys and was like, yeah, you go out and, you know, drive the car. And, uh, I seriously considering buying that car before he did. Did you know that? No. Oh, wow. So there was a, best GT3. Yeah. The, the, the previous owner of that car, um, was a track guy also. And then, yeah, I remember it was that old guy who was very slow, super old guy. (laughs) He was really slow. And so, uh, Bruce, the guy who ended up buying it, uh, told me that was for sale. And I was like, shoot, that's a really good price for GT3. What was the price? Do you remember? It was 50 grand. That oh, is a that good, is a really good. Yeah, that's yeah. a good price. And I was like, man, it was really, you know, like, because I was so deep into tracking at that time, I was like, yeah, I, I would have no problem selling the Z and whatever else I could to, to get that. Right. And you uh, could not buy that level of performance for 50 grand. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I I pinged a bunch of friends that had um, GT3s, uh, you know, like uh, that were at the track and, you know, they told me all the pitfalls and mm. what to look out for and all that stuff. And I was prepared to buy the car, but I wasn't prepared for the maintenance and everything else that went yeah. on with it. I, I just didn't it's financially I come on do in, that. the water's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they scared me off. And then um so the guy that ended up letting us drive it for parade laps, that was the same car. Yeah, I oh, remember cool. that.
2: It was awesome. I mean, that was a real experience. That like made me like, Okay, I'm into Porsches. Like that That, that was the experience. That really was. Oh. Like that it was something was so special about it. And how long ago was that? i mean that was probably like 2011 or something like that okay um i just loved driving it i still remember the throttle pedal being so precise Mm -hmm. and just incremental and interesting
1: all the pedals were very different from any other car i've ever driven yeah and the brake pedal was extremely stiff there was no play at all
2: yeah and when you and on that one and i've never experienced this in another gt3 or another 911 when you stepped on the gas the nose just rose, like this, like it was like you could just see more sky. I yeah, mean it was, it, you know, it was noticeable, yeah. right? It was
1: crazy, and even the 997 GT3 didn't do that. Yeah, and I had never driven a 911 before that, mm-hmm. and for me, it felt like the front steering wheels were just a suggestion at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well especially but, on power, on yeah. power, it really did. It gets, did. Light like, it as, gets
2: really yeah. light.
0: That's cool, though. And
2: they kind of worked that out of later cars, but it's cool. On this, actually, I found out something very interesting about the 996 GT3 recently. Yeah. When I was researching uh, for my article about the new ones, I was like, you know, looking at whatever. This was according to Wikipedia, so it's probably BS. But the crankcase, which is like the most basic, lowest part of the engine, is like a carryover part from a nine six four. Like it has a nine six four stamping in it, Hmm. Um, and then on later GT threes, they like eventually like took off some non necessary things for a water cool, but uh, it works. And I mentioned this to Jules, our friend, and he's like, Oh yeah, he's like that explains why a people can put people sometimes put like a GT three crank into like a Carrera. Yeah. Because yeah. it fits. Because it's
0: all like it's all, all like, linear. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's so
2: crazy. So I thought that was very cool. But uh it might not be true. Anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um that'd be very Porsche though. I mean like just how, the, the, the carryover, basically, from generation to generation to generation, right? Um, basically, up until the '99s, and like was, the and the frugality
2: of like, well, we don't need to change this, so yeah. We're gonna keep it going, and that's like like with the uh, as we heard from our friend Marvin on the tour, that's like the. Uh, left-hand ignition. Yep. It was a frugal.
0: It was a shorter wire. It's a shorter, shorter wire. Oh. No, no Le Mans romance <laughs> story there. So He's like, frugal, never stingy. That's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I'd like to mention my, my Datsun also has left-hand oh, oh. Key is on the left, bruh. Well, then. Tell us about your Datsun. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I, uh, when I was realized I was done with the racing thing, my friends asked And you were
2: done. Like you, by the time you told me, you're like, yeah. It it had been a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, well, what do you do next? And I was like, oh, what's next? Yeah. I I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And so I actually watched a, um, it was the Petrolicious, uh, video of a Datsun 1600. Have you seen that? It's Uh, a fantastic video. So the guy drove around the United States. Okay. Wow. And, uh, in a 1600, I can't even imagine doing it now. I have driven really your car. Wonder. I
2: cannot imagine doing that. Your car feels like a... When people say something feels like a go-kart, they mean it as like a term of adulation, like it turns like a go-kart. I mean, it, it feels
1: like <laughs> you were in a go-kart on a road with normal-sized cars. Yes. It uh, is terrifying. Yes. Especially in the beginning. Now that I've done it for, I think, two or three years, it's less terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I've ranked that, ratcheted that up recently. So, But anyways, so um, I in watched the pressure list... Huh? You drive in the summer? I did up until recently. Yeah. Okay. Until like yeah. July when it got to 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I watched the picture, Licious video, and I was like, "Wow, that's an amazing car." And then I understand, you know, the lineage between the the Fair Lady. So it's mm-hmm. a the 1600. It's the original 350Z, basically. They have yeah. lineage. I was like, "Oh, I like the lineage there." Yeah. And so I was like, "There's no way I can afford something like that." So I went and looked it up, and they're dirt cheap. And I was like, oh, "Yeah." Well, this is a perfect match made in heaven. So, uh, I was talking with my friend who's, uh, the guy that works for Toyota and he's like, yeah, this is a perfect car to start on. Cause I wanted to learn how to, you know, rebuild engines, I mm. want to rebuild transmissions. Mm. I just want to know everything. It's like, yeah, it's simple tech. So you should start there instead of getting something super technical. And right. So, um, right. So yeah, that's a great idea. So we started searching and then, uh, found some really, really bad versions that he was like, yeah, you don't even want to start well, they're, there.
2: They're rare. There's not a lot of them out there. And then the other thing I'll add also is that you were, what I noticed is you you, you were, with your 350Z, you liked working on it more than driving it and tinkering and kind of like you were modifying it and, and changing stuff and trying to like... Do like arrow and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you enjoyed actually like fixing stuff and and replacing stuff more than driving it. So it's like, oh, yeah. like what about rebuilding a car? It's yeah, like it a was a natural next, progression.
1: Next step. Yeah, yeah. Because when the the racing got boring, then the the working on the car, I spent more time working on the car than I did racing. it yeah, like, well, let's just make that the hobby instead. Yeah, yeah. and so. Uh, we found this one that was in Alabama, actually. I had been ch- checking Craigslist everywhere. And then I think I actually had a Google Alert set up for... But
2: there's like, what, like three in the country for sale at any given time, probably? Oh, no, there's, there's more than that. Is there? Oh, okay, yeah. It just seems so uncommon. I mean,
1: but they're in such bad condition, mm, usually, yeah. that you don't want it, or I wouldn't want a yeah. project that big. And so we found it, and uh, luckily I still had the truck and trailer, so we hopped in there. <laughs> and it's an 11-hour drive to wherever it was in, in Georgia, so we went on a weekend picked it up and drove back i think we could probably got like four hours of sleep total that that weekend and uh started the project from there it was it was a uh, an experience i wasn't expecting yeah i, I thought it was going to be um one way and ended up being another way but you, you were good. able to drive it a little at first so yeah when i when we went and test drove it i say that with air quotes um he let us drive around the neighborhood and mm-hmm and we when we took off i heard a cling 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 so something fell off the car yeah. <laughs> immediately when we drove off <laughs> good sign like, oh yep. god what is yep. this and the brakes didn't work the brakes were just a suggestion Did you say i'd like yeah. to knock 10 percent off the price because i just to knock 10 exactly. off the car. Yeah, yeah exactly whatever parts back there um and so the, it, it clearly the, the engine was toast yeah it, like when you popped it up it was black so it oh, was just man. covered in oil yeah and uh but it it ran and drove technically and the transmission was uh the, all the synchros were gone so yeah it, you really had to like grind the gears to get it in yeah, yeah i don't know so what thought, that's like <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think we have the same uh transmission style yeah uh, you mentioned that before the same synchro style uh transmission so when he was selling me the car he said yeah i've, I've got an extra transmission with the car so it'll come with it mm-hmm. it's like okay great well i don't i'm not worried about the transmission then and so yeah, when, when we picked it up it blew smoke. It was just and it it didn't drive right. The cal- the carburetors were all yeah. poorly tuned, but did you swap ran. that transmission in or what did you do with it? I didn't know you had an extra Yeah, so I drove the car the way it was. I tuned the the carburetors a little bit, but I just drove it just to see what it was like for yeah. I think it was probably like five months and then the I was shifting to the third and it finally gave up. Yeah. It just exploded. There was no more third left. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would I drove home going second to fourth and then uh, got it home and then that's when I pulled the engine and the transmission and rebuilt everything. Wow. Wow! And
0: do you enjoy tuning carbs or? No, I hated it. I was about to say, I've be- never met anyone who actually enjoyed it, but I thought maybe. I
1: enjoy it now. Yeah. Uh, but the learning curve is so steep for somebody that has no knowledge on yeah. carburetor tuning. And I, I can say, I only understand the SU carburetor style. So like if you put a I don't know name another name brand out holly. there holly a weber a holly yeah. i have no idea how to do a weber yeah carburetor. yeah uh that's a completely different technology but the su style carburetor i understand now well, yeah it's, it's crazy too because there's tools
2: now like you were measuring the fuel mixture with your phone and be- tuning it based on that Correct.
1: right so yeah the i was getting a rough tune before just by you know checking the plugs and you can um mess with the, the uh, piston inside of the the carburetor and you, you hear the engine go mm. up and you know it gets lean or it gets rich you yeah. can hear that and so it, it's a an approximation but you can buy you know like a just a regular uh, air fuel meter mm-hmm. you stick in your exhaust so i made a custom exhaust made sure to put a bung in it so i could put the the air fuel uh, ratio meter in there and then it's plugged into an app so i don't have a, a real gauge mm-hmm. so i don't clutter the the dash mm-hmm. any with the extra gauge just on my phone and then i I precisely tune the carburetor with that. You still don't get left and right balance or, or front to rear because mm. there's two carburetors, but you get a total. So you get an idea and then you can check the plugs to see which one's yeah. rich or lean. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you're
2: simplifying, but the engine rebuild process you said was like a nightmare because no one, no one has, there's not a lot of parts for these cars. It's not a big aftermarket. There's yeah. not a lot of knowledge.
1: It's you're kind of on your own. Yeah. There's one guy and he has a stranglehold on all the parts basically there's a couple out there but yeah. there's one guy that has all the parts and uh, he's not particularly fun to deal with if yeah. you return anything so yeah. like i returned some pistons i didn't i didn't like the quality and then it was, just went downhill from there oh, man. Oh. <laughs> he was uh, he didn't like working with me after yeah. that <laughs> and then uh but yeah getting the parts was a pain and like i, I did some additional work so i got some mild uh, cams on it mm-hmm. And then I ended up stroking it to be a two-liter, so it's not a 1600 anymore. It's uh, it's got the actually it's from a um, a forklift. So they still make the engine, and they yeah. still put it in forklifts. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, you still go buy that? It's a U20. Wow. And, uh, so I, I got the cam or the, the crankshaft from that, and put it in there. And they got custom pistons and all that stuff, and so, so it's a it's a hot rod now. So
0: when you're putting the engine, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, like, do you think that there were any resources formed when Nissan was doing their whole uh, Z program, the uh, whenever it was in the late '90s, um, like when they were restoring, selling restored Zs? Like, was it were they just sending them out to? Random restores or special It was one restore. Was yeah, it one was, restore? Was, so they sold a like
2: in 1996, Nissan sold like a 240Z that was like restored, like new. yeah. They I didn't sold know that. a certain
0: oh yeah yeah. It was uh it was part of their it was part of an ad campaign yeah. But also, was it linked to like a new product? was it like i mean obviously the z but um I, it was a, it was linked to an anniversary or something something like was, that but it was the, something yeah, like that yeah from the showroom you could go in and buy like a restored z oh okay that's cool yeah so i didn't know if like they developed resources but maybe it was if it was just one guy i yeah.
2: guess yeah well i mean that's so different from his car oh yeah which, yeah yeah you know, yeah but yeah i think i think it was a, it was a name that you would know, like it was like Stilling or something okay. that did the restoration. I think. Yeah. But
1: I, I, we'll, we'll include
2: the notes with accurate
1: information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so the, the engine rebuild process was, uh, it was way more than I was anticipating. Yeah. So, you know, finding a machine, oh, a machine shop you trusted, mm-hmm. that was a, a big issue. So like, you know, the guy that was going to bore and clean up the, the, the block and everything. Yeah. Uh. I went to one guy, he spent, I think he left it there for four months or something like that oh, and never man. touched it. And yeah. Like, okay. Now I got to find another guy. I actually need this done. Yeah. 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 And then so you're, and he was the one recommended. So I had to go out on my own and find somebody on my own, which is apparently a terrifying experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want to, I mean, you're putting thousands of dollars. You don't want to screw it up on your right. first shot. Yeah. So yeah, it was terrifying. And then, but
2: when you're putting all this stuff back together, like how do you, 'Cause I talked about this with Jules about his mm. career engine. Like, how do you know it's all right? Like, you know what I mean? You know yeah, like so how do you know like how do you error? I know you're you don't get trial and error. Trial and error is, is like four hundred man hours of labor later. Like yeah. that's the error that's and true. the trial. Right. Like you're you're putting this stuff back together.
1: It's like what if you missed some washer or some like, rubber thing? There is that chance. Uh there is a, a shop manual It's very poor. Uh, shop manual. <laughs> it's not like they have now. Like the, the modern ones, they're fantastic. But yeah, back I, in the day, I have a modern one for the SC, and like the
2: engine removal is like four steps. It's like step one, yeah. open hood. Yeah. Step two, remove engine.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, modern like after two thousand, like the the Nissan three hundred and fifty Z shop yeah. manual is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but basically, you have to have tribal knowledge. So I had Richard come over and help you know you know show me how to put the, the yeah. piston rings on and how to orient the pistons and then plastic gauge the the bearings mm. and all that stuff and you end up measuring everything three or four times yeah. and and then put just it together i
0: hope that everything has been checked Please. off exactly. the list yeah that,
1: that's why you see when people start up engines they're terrified cuz you think you've missed that one thing yeah yeah that, oh, that man. i completely understand like when you see people on tv start up the engine for the first time and they're just terrified that's yeah. how i was
0: yeah like oh, that you know, as a side note, I'll back to uh, these technical manuals related to graphic design or just technology related to that, do you think desktop publishing changed that? As in, like, it was just too much trouble back in the day to update a manual. Like, you would basically just have to re-typeset stuff, re-do like everything, versus now it's just kind of like, Haynes can just edit something in an InDesign document and print a new edition. Uh, versus back in the day, like, you'd have a manual that was the same for, like, 40 years, basically. Mm, yeah. I don't,
2: I also, I, I'm going to say it was the same. Cause I feel like there was more money for everything before. Maybe. I feel like there was more money. And like the manufacturer was like, Oh, we have a giant department just that updates this every year because our dealers need it to be accurate. And it's
0: very wasteful and inefficient. Yeah. but Like we're going to put new books. Know, but uh, you don't like the consumer doesn't really have access to manufacturer, uh, basically guides, right? Like they have a completely different set. This is all like someone has taken apart an engine and documented it on the private the private uh, party side. It
2: depends. It depends. Yeah. I mean, you can you get the manufacturer ones. Yeah. Um and those are usually very good. yeah That's the one I had for the 350Z. Yeah. It was the the Nissan uh, the official na- a Nissan yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my friends that when we worked on Hondas in high school, they had it was always the helms and it was like the Bible. Was, mm-hmm. That was the main yeah. fa- that was the one and it mm-hmm. was it was amazing. And my friends would each have like their own helms manual with like grease on all the pages and yeah. stuff. But I mean it was it was like a phone book. Yeah. You know? oh, I will yeah. say
1: that the best one I've seen though is Toyota. They have the best factory service manual. Yeah. When we were trying to diagnose all the wiring, obviously because we had to rewire the mm-hmm. engine for uh, the MR2. Mm-hmm. So you have two books? Yeah, so he, and he, he ended up making his own. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> oh, so, yeah, it's so like everything's documented. So if somebody wanted to go figure out where a wire went, he has a a book that he. That's made incredible. He's very wow. detailed. This is how I learned how to build cars. Yeah, was through this guy who's very detail oriented. Yeah. yeah. And it, like I remember when I first started working on the MR2 with him, he was like, "Yeah, can you just go do this wiring?" And I just wrapped it up, you know, just half-assed. Yeah. Goes, no, 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 no. You got to do it perfectly. So it was just like. Yeah, but like, like just spend like some Japan time. Would it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he taught me to learn That's the cool. process and not just rush through it and yeah. get it done. Yeah, that is very cool. So, I,
2: oh, go ahead. Well, you, you had told me that when you did the – you hated doing the engine. You hated a lot of the process because you were dependent on other people. Correct. You said that the transmission rebuild was like a Zen-like process for you. That clicked for you, and you were just like, I would do that all day.
1: Yeah, so the – the transmission is completely different because I understand that and I can do that all on my own and it doesn't really require any additional input from anybody else. Is And it, I, I could, I would lay out, I had two folding tables that I just put all the parts out mm-hmm. perfectly in the order that they needed to be in. Yeah, And then I cleaned them all up, put all the new parts in, and it was just like, it's like putting a pu- puzzle back together, it was just wow. a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, like, I, I've even offered my service for your nine eleven. I when mean, the nine fifteen blows, when the nine yeah. fifteen
2: blows, yeah, it's yeah. it's going on a Prius load to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long would it take you? Uh, if I had all the parts, a couple days.
0: Wow, it's
2: hmm. amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be in this situation where I need to rebuild my transmission. But yeah. it would be fun if, like, I just came up there and we just like did this, like, over a weekend or something. Yeah.
1: It would be. Yeah, that It'd would be, be a fun. lot of fun. And it's probably, like, sort of inevitable. Like, that it's going to oh, need... Sure.
0: Yeah. Wait. Refreshing.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, the, the string... If you have the same type of synchros I have, they will wear out. they will roll a point where you just wear them down yeah. and there's nothing left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so,
0: I'm certain, like, there's more... Because my, like, I have to do second to first to, to prevent it from uh But I grinding. think that's how it is new. But I don't know. Like, I'm really curious. Like, a rebuilt 915, if, like for at least a week he had uh, non-grinding second to first but we'll see. It's funny because like I wrote to so this guy Andrew from Porsche when he drove my car yeah. in
2: California he owns like he owns a mid-year yeah. which also has the 9.15 yeah. and he was like So he drove it on some really good roads. Mm. And uh, I was like, what do you think? You know, what do you like? What do you think about the transmission? Like, what do you how long? How far along is a rebuild? He's like, no, it felt really good. The thing that he thought was a problem was like third to fourth. I was like, what? (laughs)
0: Like, it was like a really weird thing. (laughs) As it it turns out, your transmission is far worse off than you thought it (laughs) was.
2: Yeah, no, it was just like, oh, like that seems normal. Like, that seems fine. Yeah. uh, There's other things. Third to fourth. Yeah. Maybe it was second to third. I don't know how weird i yeah. don't know what that would be i don't know yeah hmm. second to third went out well third went out on my probe gt
0: really yeah mm.
2: so what did you do? do what did i do
1: yeah i just skipped those gears yeah
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, i just skipped second i just skipped spirit. third I mean, yeah Amazing. you don't need third
1: no so
2: it was fun. did you it ever was... track the probe i didn't but i autocrossed it okay. a number of times how did it do uh it was good. It was, I mean, it was, it was good. It had, it was actually a good autocross car for its class of car. Not like, not like competition class, but I mean, if you look at like the. Yeah.
0: What was the, what was it in bed with? No,
2: I mean, I'm not, I don't mean in competition class and autocross. Cause I don't okay. care about that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, as far as like, if you're comparing to like an Integra GSR mm. or an Eclipse or a Civic SI. Yeah. It had wider tires. Yeah. And good, good torque. Had a two and a half liter six. Two and a half liter six, um, and so yeah, it was it was pretty good. I did like there was one autocross where we basically it was like eight people and we yeah. set up all the cones and it was uh like the school car club thing and we, yeah. we set up all the cones and we basically got unlimited runs so i overheated the brakes by doing like three runs in a row and <laughs> nice. the brakes i
0: mean the brakes were like yeah tiny the cat the
2: rotors are so small
0: Man. oh we both had two and a half liter sixes for our first cars oh wow because my my that's... sobs gm v6 uh oh nice the yeah. venerable 2500 yeah uh i'm glad i'd never tried to Autocross that because at one point the steering the steering column snapped uh while driving straight on a on 59 could happen to anyone. anyway the steering wheel spun what did freely. you do nothing yeah. it just i think no, it, I mean, what did you do after oh i just came to a stop and luckily I didn't like veer one way or the other so just in the lane yeah just in the lane uh and i was like well here we go <laughs> so um <laughs> sob i mean that car had so many problems wow. i still love it though wow yeah <laughs> Dave, can
2: you tell us about driving on the Nürburgring? Because neither of us have.
1: This is true, yes. Uh, and that's so surprising to me that you haven't done the Nürburgring yet. You've never um, been? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm working you do, you do all this cool stuff. Uh, I've never driven the Nürburgring, so. So put it on your bucket list. Okay. No, it was, um, I met some friends over there. We did a week uh, in Europe, and we started off uh, in Germany and then went in the northern part, ended mm. up in uh, Nürburgring, and then went to Spa to see Formula One. Nice. And when we did the Nürburgring, we had our, it was a, uh, uh, what is that? VW polo. Okay. Three cylinder. Nice. I think it maybe had 50 horsepower. Yeah. And, uh, that'd be fun. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> when we got to the Nürburgring, it was one of the terrorist Barton days, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we paid our 20 bucks or euros or whatever it was. And then, uh, we still had a luggage in our back. And so two guys got out of the car so we could have less weight <laughs> and then, uh, one of us would go out and it was absolutely terrifying because i'm in i got it flat to the floor and i'm slowing down as i'm going up hills yeah and then you have like gt2s blowing past you 100 miles an hour faster than you're going yep and it was just it was terrifying manual it was a manual yeah okay and so uh i remember at one point i was going I, I actually I've never played it on the video games that much, so I don't know the track. So I was driving blindly, and <laughs> like you would, you would know it very well. And so uh, as I was coming down the hill, I had underestimated like the braking distance I needed, and then I actually hit one of the curbs. I thought I was going to go off the track. Yeah, but it was the curbing was so high that it pushed my car back into the road. <laughs> wow! I just kept going.
2: Oh man. Oh, I bet I know which corner that is. How many laps did you do? One. Oh, you did one? Your friends all did one?
1: Yeah, we, we did three laps. We, we each did a lap. And oh. It took us 20 minutes a lap. So they, I was yeah. going to say, what was your time?
0: It was like 20 <laughs> minutes.
1: So uh, they, they shut down the track. I think there was like two hours to run at that time. Oh, okay. But yeah. I wouldn't do it again unless I had a higher horsepower car. There's no way I would do it in something so wimpy like that again. That was terrifying. Oh, That's man. amazing. And I think, actually I would have to do some sim racing to yeah. to get confidence in the track. Yeah. It, Sab- yeah. Sabine Schmidt
0: did the track in a van in it, like 9 ten? 9 or 10 minutes. 9 or 10? Yeah. I can't that. Even imagine.
2: Can't <laughs> even imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But speaking of a higher horsepower car, we came here today in your E90 M3, correct? Sedan. Interlagos blue sedan Ooh, with yeah. a manual,
1: manual too. Yeah. good so. choice. It was like a unicorn car at this dealership. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh,
2: The dealership is called, I believe, Hot Texas, Cars with two T's. Texas Hot Rides. I've seen Hot it Ride. before. Is it? Oh, okay. I've seen it before. Don't they have like Clare GTs? They in their have show? like several. Yeah, I've, I've so, their yeah. Inventory talked to the guy. is crazy. Yeah, he's got three crazy.
1: or four. Yeah, and then he's got a a. a yeah, he's got some crazy cars. It's, and he also cool said,
2: place. like, you he sold you the car, and as he's selling you the car, he's like, if you want to sell this car, sell it to me, again. Yeah,
1: so he huh. said, um, when you're ready to sell the car, bring it back to me first. I want to have first dibs on wow. it. And wow. Wow. Yeah, he was a cool dude. I, I really a, enjoyed the, the experience. It's a very cool yeah. car. Yeah, so when I picked it up, it had um, 84,000 miles on mm-hmm. it. And then, of course, I knew about the rod bearing issue, and I was yeah. just, like, putting it in the back of my mind. Okay, at some point, I might end up doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I assumed it had already been done because there are so many miles on the car. So the first thing I did was I went into the uh, the history of the navigation mm-hmm. to see where this guy, before me or lady or whichever, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, had been before me. At the very bottom of the list was um, Eagles Canyon Raceway, so I knew it had been tracked at some point. Yeah, wow. So it was kind of funny to see that. That yeah, is fun there. I, and that's then, cool. um, have you heard they're redoing that whole track? Like
2: I I saw a presentation from the about the track. From the, yeah. the new management. Um, so, it's going to be legit. I think it's opening now or this they, fall.
1: Yeah, they finished the small section. So they they split yeah. it off into two parts. Yeah. So, so they finished. It's basically all the old track without some of the, the really bad They changed bad some of the corners and they changed like the pit entry and stuff.
2: Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better now. Hmm. And they changed the... the like I think there's more different banking and different surfacing and everything.
1: Like well, they... What it looks like is it looks like a mini coda. I mean, they put so much energy into the surface of that track. I think oh, it's going to last a lot that's better. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. there's it's not just like a hair where they lay down a thin ribbon of concrete or you know pavement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've got several layers of these different materials to help keep it from doing whatever it did before because mm. the, the surface was awful. there. Yeah. 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 No, it'll, it'll be cool. But anyway, about your M3. Yeah, so the you just uh, had the rod bearings done. Yeah, so I kept the car for two years before doing the rod bearings because I wasn't sure if I. I just wanted to have the experience of a, a four liter V eight that went sure. to high heaven. Yeah, I didn't didn't know if I would want to keep it long term, so I just put it off and it was like oh, I'll just let the next guy deal with it. And then I drove it for two years and I was like, this is so wonderful. Like, yeah, I didn't think I'd like to drive a manual all day every day for a daily driver because I had had a pickup truck before that. You yeah, know? and so uh, it was. It's wonderful. It's like a perfect fit for me. So yeah. I was like, okay, let's do the rod bearings. I'm uh, i game for a while. That's cool. Yeah, I've always... Because they're also now like
0: a bargain. Like under 20 easily. I uh, paid 20
1: for mine two years ago. Yeah.
0: There you go, yeah. And it's always been tempting. Rod bearings is one of those like kind of worrisome points. Uh, and like maybe... Uh, I forget. There were like maybe one or, one or two other things. Maybe not as catastrophic as rod bearings. But... Um, but it's always been an interesting proposition because for the same price you could also get a good E forty six M three. That was uh, my
1: first. That was my first. Yeah. Life, so I was looking for a lot of those. And two very different cars. It's harder to find that yep. the, in a good, yep, good condition. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but
0: those are such good values now. Uh, E ninety M threes, and especially like a four door because no one wants the four door. I want a four door. Yeah, I like four door. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's like. Uh, so which which uh, do you prefer aesthetically more, the
1: two-door or the four-door?
0: I had a four-door E90, and I enjoyed the proportions of that car. And Kevin has opinions about the E92. I think the uh, E92, I think the Coupe, the non
2: m coupe looks awful i hate the proportions yeah. of the of the normal one the m the m3 2 door like it looks better because it fixes the proportion because it has like that it's very wider low side and, still. Yeah. the side Aero. still dips um, down
0: and everything so but, uh, i still i like the sedan a lot i like the sedan i and i will probably always choose the sedan like an e36 i choose the sedan even though i don't think it looks as good as the coupe uh, <laughs> but it's just different if it's like, and, and it's, it's just also, the idea of it it's a it's like it's a practical car that's fast exactly. yeah i
2: a like practicality with no practicality with no drawbacks yeah and i usually prefer
1: a four-door if you can get a four-door or two-door i like the four-door and i like that not having like giant 80 pound doors yeah that's my biggest thing is like when you park in a spot i don't want to have to have you know yeah. an inch gap to get out of my yeah well, and,
2: yeah and car doors are so thick now like on the z oh huge. the doors were so thick so it's yeah. like if you. You open the door, it's like you have the door open like 10 inches. Well, that's enough to get the door out of the door, so that's not
0: enough for yeah, you to get out. It was so, like that with the Cayman. Yeah. Uh, it's different in the 9-11 because the doors are shorter... But it's like a little bit more forward, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's very like, forward. That you look at where forward. that hinge is. Yeah. You know, it's Way ahead of the windshield. Yeah, but uh, but also the e you know, like the sedan is just such a conscious choice. I feel like where if you just needed like a slight banner to say that I am an enthusiast, not just some like you know whatever buying right. an M car, like almost certainly it's going to be a manual. Uh, i have no statistical uh backup for that that, but i feel like this is a very specific choice like a wagon exactly like
1: it is a very specific choice so but yeah i also like that it's a a sleeper car like nobody nobody pays any attention yeah nobody cares unless i've seen a few people look and like they're like you can tell they're in the an enthusiast yeah like, the, oh, they
2: know what it is the yeah. darker color kind of hides some of the M flourishes you know a mm-hmm. little bit to a,
1: to a normal person not as much you don't see the vents and yeah. flares but as much and everything I have to say that the I didn't know when I bought it but there are no cats on the car so oh interesting I when you know get that. above 3000 RPM it gets kind of loud yeah. so once you hear that you're like is that a NASCAR is that what is that <laughs> yeah <in laughs> oh man lives where so the sound lives where all BMWs like to
0: live just kind of right up there uh, but that's I very ha- cool so, I have to grill you about one thing. Go ahead. The grill. Oh, it has black kidneys.
1: Perfect. I don't no, think so.
0: No, we're not fans of that. No, <laughs> no. Why? Why don't you like the black? Because kidneys? I heard
1: it's a factory option too. Like it's not it like doesn't mean it's good. Also
0: makes Daniel X, Sloan X4 also ends. rationalizes it like that. We we don't we disapprove of it because the grill. The kidneys are basically... It's the logo. It's,
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's the logo. It'd be like changing to the, the roundel. logo to
0: a, to a... I want a black and white.
2: I, I want a blue and black uh, propeller roundel thing. So w- of...
1: what do you think about the three colors that they put on no. the roundel? No, oh,
0: no, that's bad. That's bad too, but especially <laughs> bad if it's not an actual M car. It's very <laughs> aspirational. Yeah, yeah you, exactly you only see that. it on like X5s and 5 Series.
1: So, so yeah. that, that must mean you, you really like the new BMWs with the giant grills, because that's even more grill. <sighs> That's like saying BMW really, really loudly. Is,
2: I, I, it's not... Well, the, chrome, the chrome kidney is not about saying BMW louder. It's just about being true to the car. Heritage, it's yeah. how,
0: how it was designed for. Quad lights and the kidneys. And quad lights, I guess we can argue, aren't necessarily as key to the uh, identity, but the kidneys have always been there. Yeah, so, I, agree.
1: I agree with that.
2: I mean, I think on a new M4 or M2, when you have the black kidney, it... And yours is probably in between. I don't remember the exact shape. The new ones, it's not as offensive because it's like more sculptural. So the light catches it, so you still see that the shape of you still see the shape. Like there's a an element of the kidney yeah. being dimensional and having depth. When you see like an E46 where they have put on black kidneys, it looks like the car is missing the grills. Like it looks like parts have fallen right. off. Yes. Yeah. So the E90 it might be somewhere in
1: between, where it's a little more dimensional, but it's still not my cup of tea. I think. It might depend on the color of the car, too. So if I didn't have the Interlagos blue, I might be more uh, willing to do the chrome accent. I just think it would stand out way too much on that blue color. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, by all of this, by our logic, we should really like the light-up grill that was just introduced uh, on the... um, What was it introduced on? The X6? I think it's the X6. X6. So now there is a light-up kidney grill. Is there? There will be one. So... Like yeah. the entire
1: thing lights up or just parts of it?
0: it I can't tell actually how it, I guess it, it, maybe it's silhouetted from the back or something. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know. It's it's lit up. I don't think it's outlined like a, um, a Mercedes one, right. but so I think the slats are, I don't it know. Does, it's something, it, just, it doesn't matter because it's lit up and it's dumb, but yeah. people are going to buy it because people are going to buy it. Sure. Especially like I know,
2: and you and I like going to California. Yeah. And but in California, it's like there is a different mindset to the car buyer because every Mercedes has a light-up grill, yeah. and like eighty percent of cars have vanity plates. Yeah, it really is crazy. Like it, I, I I I hate to generalize by place, but it really is kind of insane.
0: It is insane, and also someone pointed out this out on Twitter uh, the other day. But if you get the light-up Mercedes grill, you cannot or the badge, you cannot have. Um, like any of the active safety features. Like it, <laughs> it subtracts it because you can't have like auto oh, braking, uh, lane photo, assist. Ro- radar, uh, radar cruise? Radar cruise, wow. any of that. So you're consciously choosing like wow. the base model car. like <laughs> To get the light. To get the light up star. That's so a choice. That is a choice, yeah.
2: So nice. I had mentioned, I think we have time for one more thing and yes. I had mentioned a surprise activity Oh segment. my God, no. So this is it. This so is because there's be two awful. of us, this will be... Two, two of you. I mm. mean, this will be a great activity. So you remember you before, won't even tell me what this is. This so. is. You remember when we played chassis choice? Yes. We have another round, but this is cross brand. Mm. So here is the game. So you know, your car is an E90. I do know that. Yes. Has there been any other cars with E90? If there were, if there was a car called an E90 that was not this BMW E90, you make a choice which is better which would you rather have now we're going to start with the citron c5 it's a family car produced by citron from march 2001 until 2017 or corvette c5 corvette c5 or triple round chassis oh. choice audi c5 which is the code name for the 1997 to 2004 a6
0: S6 and
2: RS6 and All Road. Mm. That is quite the chassis choice. You know
0: what? Like, that is quite the chassis choice because no one actually knows anything about citrons but they're so insanely interesting.
2: I think that that but... was a period where they weren't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, wait, the T- 90s? Uh no, 2001 to 2017. Oh yeah, no, no. Those were rental cars basically yes. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they were like the crazy like Blade Runner like cars. Uh Boy. So, so wait, we're supposed to w-
1: choose? But- you choose one. I get an RS6 in there, too, you said? I was about to say, oh, yeah. that
0: was my favorite A6 generation. Yeah. Okay. The that first one, basically. Or not the first. It's second gen. That's second gen, I think. Uh, I don't know. Technically, but yeah. Because I was in lo- okay. When I was a kid, I was in love with everything they were doing with that platform. Because it was the all-road. And the mm-hmm. A6 was kind of a revelation of just like discrete german design cool arch the
2: the roof the arch
0: roof yeah and very cool maybe now i don't know if the frumpy be- the rear end would be deemed as frumpy but i loved how like curvy no i think like, the rear end's is
2: the best part i think the front end's frumpy but so, anyway yeah. it's fine
0: so so i i do the audi okay. i do the audi too Strangely okay. up yeah okay that's i would good. never choose an audi otherwise well hold your
2: words oh no i had an audi Did you? Uh, You had an A4, B5. We should have gone through
0: your... Oh, that's a good one. Uh, We might visit it Yeah, yeah.
2: So this is the next chassis choice. So, Audi V8. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was the four-door, full-size luxury sedan built by Audi in Germany from 1988 to 1993 as the company's flagship model. Or... Oh, that was... Codename 4C. 4C. Yes. So... So the other choice would is you, the Alfa Romeo Four C. Yeah, would you rather have an I Audi don't V8? 4C
0: where this is going to go, or have a Four C? Um, I've never driven a V8. I have driven a Four C. However, yes, both are probably insanely hard to work on mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because there are zero parts for an Audi V8, and there you have to Recally. like disassemble. Uh, the 4C to work on it. Yes, um, but that's probably a better bet. I don't have any love for the Audi V8, other than that I, it was kind of cool. I know it wasn't. It, it was decidedly not cool. Brad,
2: I I, Brad Brownell has one, right? I think so. I don't like any Audi that is before the B5. Unless you're talking like Quattro or something. Quattro's good. I don't like any Audi. Like, they all look bad. I liked the 100. No. Really? You're incorrect. No. (laughs) I liked
0: the 100. They were all somehow even more front-engined. Yeah, yeah, the overhang was immense. It was more front front overhang than (laughs) rear overhang. Dave, what's your
2: choice? Alpha. Easy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to have a more challenging one next. Oh, no. So introduced in 1987 for the mm. 1988 model year, the sixth generation of cars sold by Toyota under the Corolla nameplate. We're talking code name E90 mm. or BMW E90. Mm.
0: Wait, you said this was going to be more difficult? Yes. Wait, so what Corolla was
2: referred to as the E90? The sixth generation from 1987 for the 88 model year That wait
0: 87 to 88 was a 87 for 88 eight, okay. so 88 model year that was a shit box uh because sure. it it was also that was the first cross where toyota was like that was the first this front- is such a bad bad enough car that we're going to cross sell it with geo was that the first front was, wheel drive oh, corolla i didn't know that yeah that was the geo prism the first Geo prism was, was this a made corolla? At probably yeah this was the first front wheel drive corolla was it i think so okay Uh,
2: so you would take that over the BMW E90 Mm. both of you 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 read me right oddly both of you have already made the chassis choice in real life (laughs) for the E90 yeah alright this will be more difficult Mm. that's what Uh, you said
1: about the last one though Mm.
2: yeah but this one is a different Corolla on a different BMW (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not kidding so the Toyota Corolla E30 is the third generation of Toyota Corolla Mm -hmm. I don't have the ears Versus That'd be
0: pretty early, though, the
1: right? Th- they had new roles forever. It
2: would be. The uh, third gen. What yeah. was the years? It I don't have the years. All right, we're going to skip to the next one. Fine. The Fiat 8V, uh-huh. or uh, AutoVu. Can I phone Blake? <laughs> is a V8 engine sports car produced by the Italian car manufacturer Fiat from 1952 to 1954. It's very beautiful.
0: This is unfair because you know that neither of us have knowledge of cars earlier than 1970. Okay, well, the competition is the
2: Audi A3 3rd generation mm. 2012 to present Type 8V. Hmm. What, say that again so the current A3 so basically
0: oh. it's a choice between like a Duesenberg and <laughs> yeah exactly uh, i think all 50s 50s whatever swoopy.
2: i'm not ta- there's no hand crank to start i loved
0: the new for 50 duesenberg okay we're getting, uh, we're getting there yeah uh i i mean like the A3 was kind of the A3 that was the kind of weird futuristic looking one right with a current super one. short oh the current one yeah i like the current one i like the current one it's but it's a little I mean, hatchback though it's just like any other well, it's, yeah, it's a, sedan, it probably is too. Very it's a sedan now we only get this oh yeah yeah we only oops that was very loud yeah we uh do. we only get the sedan no, yeah, no, because that, that this is similar to, because I had rented a uh, an A-Class Mercedes in Seattle just last week, mm-hmm. and it's just so standard car, so you might as well get the special, oh, um, yeah. Fiat, wasn't it? Yeah, the Fiat. This is the
2: 8V, it's actually really Ooh, cool. that's really oh, yeah, pretty, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, duh. See, so you're going to take the 8V? All yeah. day long. I, I mean, I don't know, I'd take a current RS3 maybe, but that mm. 8V is cool, alright. Mm. Um, Does it have SU carbs on it? Uh, it just might my, it. Check my notes. <laughs> it, it runs on spaghetti so <laughs> so audi another audi i'm sorry mm. audi q5 mm-hmm.
1: this is like an audi quiz that's what this is. is yeah
2: this is just how the chassis choices roll the second generation q5 i think it's current it's an 80a or the toyota a80 supra the mark 4 yeah, that's an easy one too. Okay, fine. All right, I take it you're saying the same thing. Yeah. You're not going with the Q5. All right, no. Volkswagen R32, mm-hmm. Skyline R32. Mm. That's actually a
0: tougher one. That for is me. a tough one because both are good cars. Yeah, especially that Mark IV R32, like the early, yeah. the first one.
1: Hmm. So I have a general disdain for VW, so that kind of factors into it. I mean, okay, and you like Nissan, and I like Nissan. Oh yeah, so. yeah that's an easy choice for you. Yeah, but I, I really I like the way the what the R32 looks though, and uh, it sounds cool. That's the thing good. is that, like I
0: don't like VW either, but that's a special one. It it's is. It really one. is.
1: Yeah, it mm. makes it tough. And the thirty two wasn't like the best skyline out there, right? I mean, it was
2: kind of. It was like the everybody first. Everybody cares about the
1: thirty-four. I don't. Yeah. The thirty-three, I... somewhat.
2: The thirty-two. Eh. The thirty-two had like all the tech and on paper as much horsepower allegedly as the later ones. So, well, um, they all the they
0: tech.
1: all had the same horsepower, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. But I mean, it had it had this it had the horsepower.
1: Tech. Saying, quotes, I say in her quotes. What, what yeah. was the gentleman's agreement? Yeah, Two seventy. But the thirty-two something like was kind of like the the most.
2: Uh, the you know it was the one that introduced it's weird to say purist but it kind of sure. was like the leanest like the e36 it was the leanest of yes. the of them and sure. I, I think
0: they're cool in that way but yeah i mean they're I cool that, that was the hardest one yet and I, yeah I don't know. i'll go contrarian and i'll do the v-dub
2: okay all right i think
0: i would too actually
2: well this next one <laughs> oh xj mm. xj1 that's for you to decide oh. and me to know. Jeep Cherokee, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty four to two thousand one,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or Jaguar Jaguar
0: XJ. Well, what? Yeah, well, XJ two twenty. No, <laughs> wait, but you. Which XJ? Your XJ parameters, today? your loophole. No, uh, is enormous.
2: There is XJ space you've left. XJ Fine. followed by space. I would therefore have the, I would have the Jag. Because which one? The XJR. Okay. Well, um, this
0: precludes XJRs. There was a space what? there. There was a <laughs> space. God damn it! Fine. I'm sorry. There was I a space. I would still have like you know what? I'd have like a first gen XJ. They're very classy with the quad lights and etc. I would have that over an XJ Jeep because I would not own a Jeep. What's
1: the Project Eight? Is that an XJ?
0: That is not. Dang it! XJ is the sedan from up well up to now but yeah it's always been the flagship sedan yeah um it's so classy like it it is classy it's just classy
1: (sighs) i just jeeps are fine Mm -hmm. do i have to work on it myself then i'll probably get the jeep you can Mm. do what you want oh
2: (laughs) all right is that your final answers i'm gonna go with the jag i'm gonna go with the jeep okay
0: Mm. this one's my favorite how long does this does this go? Uh, there's only twelve more. Excellent. <laughs> Everyone is just tuned We're out. We're nine
2: fifty two. Okay. That is the type number for the Alfa Romeo Giulia. Mm-hmm. Or Porsche nine five two. Mmm. Okay. Do you know what that is? The Cayenne. No. What? It is the right hand drive nine forty four Turbo. The nine forty four. The nine fifty one is the 952 in england what
0: the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> isn't that amazing huh. uh, um, julia for me yeah 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 okay okay
2: okay well this one will stump you bmw g30 it's the current five series uh, or the 1975 to 1977
0: toyota century g30 two century okay fine all day long yeah all those right. are cool those are cool and the new 5 series is trash this one's gonna stump you god it really does go on Ferrari F40 uh-huh or the
2: BMW 1 series F40 that's the 2019 to present front wheel drive 1 series
0: I mean <laughs> alright this is the end of the quiz I'm <laughs> there, pulling the plug there's now. literally one more left
2: Jesus alright S 202 mm-hmm so the WRX STI S202 was the ultimate bug-eye WRX mm-hmm. that we didn't get here. Mm-hmm. It was a track special, Japan-only, extremely cool. Mm-hmm. It was also the C-Class Mercedes Estate from 1993 to
0: 2000. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That one did not look very nice. No? I love my wagons, but they added curves mm-hmm. to that. And it... Where they shouldn't be? Yeah, like, you know how like a, I think a wagon should basically almost have like a forty-five yes. whatever angle at the end. This was like blue. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember like, like a like it, a Roadmaster. It worked on the Oval Taurus. Yep, <laughs> it's quite the radius. Yes. Um, wait, what was the original? Uh, the WRX STI S two hundred two. It was
1: very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So my dad had the bug eye, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. Yeah,
2: you know, last year, a couple years ago, actually, I've got two chassis choices here. Uh, When I was shooting the RS three for Audi, I was in LA, and we went to this weird place to get the cars, and they there was like a random WRC STI in that in this like warehouse, and a right hand drive S two hundred two. Hmm. in like the color called cashmere yellow which is extremely cool it's oh. kind of like pale yellow anyway that is all so that was the chassis choice amazing thank you okay. for playing thank you that was a
0: very long game. It was great. Um, it was fine. We'll cut out some of those. <laughs> no, leave it all in. I know. I was you going will be, to. You're gonna have to listen to it. Okay. Yeah, anyways. I think it's time to wrap up. I think it is. All right. Well, thank you to our guest for being for on. Me. Yeah. And Kevin and I are now plastered because mm-hmm. we've been drinking whiskey the entire time. Thank you yeah. for listening. Uh follow us on Instagram. Uh, at new496 and fax us at yeah. new496 at gmail.com. That's the address. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye.